0800-104-0303. This is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Everybody joining Anthony and I in studio now in our National Guard segment is Jamie Lewandowski. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We're, We're doing, doing well. good. First, I got to ask you because, you know, I, I know your your previous neighbor very well, Duran Metzger, who is, uh, is now Colonel. So you just got, uh, you just moved from Major up to Lieutenant Colonel. That's correct, yes. And uh, the, But the service is coming up this Friday, is that right? It is, yeah. My kids get to put the pin on me this Friday, so it's going to be a nice event over at the flight facility. And, uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. My kids have been practicing all week, punch me in the chest. So it's <laughs> I saw yeah, that super with, excited. I saw that with Duran's son punching him in the chest. I, I didn't know what was going on. I said, what, are you just trying to pay Duran back for something? But that's <laughs> yeah. what they do, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, you earn that rank, and you know, you know, the kids are going to make sure I earn it too. So, so the ceremony's go. this Friday at the facility. What time? Yeah, it's at uh, 1500, so 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. That's great. From major to, and after lieutenant colonel, it's? It's colonel. Colonel. Yep, full bird what, colonel. What's after colonel? Is that general? General, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yep. I had a friend of mine whose father um, was a full bird colonel, and she made it a point to explain to us the difference. She mm-hmm. goes, no, no, he's a full bird. I'm yes. Like, I was like, what would you just say about your dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely depicting the actual picture of the rank itself. Yeah, you know, it's no, that eagle right. and the uh, and the arrows and everything. So, so, you're, yeah. so you're moving up the ranks. I am. I am. I'm enjoying the uh, career for sure. Yeah. It's definitely been the best decision I've ever made. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the community that we got here because they pulled me in. So. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, where are you from originally? So from Milton, Vermont. Uh, grew up here. Yeah. yeah, so I uh, I've had a had an awesome opportunity to grow up here in Vermont. Um, I definitely didn't appreciate it as much back then, uh, not knowing what the rest of the world had to offer. Um, the Army's given me that point of view to explore, see what else is out there, and truly appreciate what we got back here at home. And uh, I, I and went to Milton High School, went to Norwich University after that, got a bachelor's in business. Um, and while I was there, um, a community friend uh, and person in the unit, uh, Ray Crowley, actually pulled me in to the Vermont National Guard, um, gave me that opportunity to say, hey, you want to be a Blackhawk pilot? <laughs> I kind of laughed at him. I was like, you know, that's uh, I'll never be a Blackhawk pilot. He goes, no, 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 we got slots. You can do this. And uh, pulled me in, and I've never looked back. That so. is that is so cool. <clears throat> yeah. So, so this is when you were at Norwich? He's, uh... It is, yeah. And I actually had an active duty scholarship, and uh, they were giving me the kind of the run. No, 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 you got to go active duty. You got to go active duty. And he goes, no, you don't. And came down, figured out the paperwork. And switch me over to National Guard, and yeah, and I'm then, so glad uh, I did. And you're flying Blackhawks, yeah, yeah, Isn't here in my cool? own community, which yeah. is awesome. And they, and and I like I we said off the air, I used to be at Pizza Putt for years, uh, and I just loved watching the construction. And then when the helicopters arrived, and it was it, it is very cool. It is a, a feather in our uh, our cap here in the Burlington area. So it I absolutely wanna, I is. Thank you for being part of that. Oh, thank you very much. Well, we. It, you know, the people I serve with and the people I fly with, more importantly, uh, they do it because we love our community. Uh, we like the people that, uh, to our left and to our right. Um, and more important, we love our families. Um, you know, there's not a person, I think, that's in the unit that's just doing it because they're a adrenaline junkie. You know, they're, we really appreciate what the community does for us. And we like to give it back. And doing some of those missions that, like the summer with the flooding, uh, was certainly... Um, Rewarding, and you're part of a you're part of a cause bigger than yourself, as they say. It absolutely is. Yeah, we get to we get to go get people um, and pick them up, help them out uh, when nobody else can. 
You know, we have resources and capabilities after, you know, years of training uh, that uh, nobody else can really match. And we like to be able to use those skills for good. We're talking to Colonel, just newly, newly Colonel from Major advancing up the ranks. Uh, and excuse me, Lieutenant Colonel, did I say yes. that right? Lewis Colonel, uh, Jamie Lewandowski, if you have a question for uh, Jamie, give us a call on the Kenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. So, Jamie, I want to ask you about, and first I have to mention, uh, my friend Duran also told me that you're a Yankee fan. I am a Yankee fan, yep. So if anyone calls in about that, uh, we're going to have a tough conversation if, you know, Boston <laughs> fans around here, so... Well, that's okay. We've been commiserating with Kurt all season, and now, now it's over here. It's finally done. So tell us about the uh, aviation in the Army National Guard. What what are the different units? What's their mission in regard to uh, and performing the state and federal missions? Oh, so that's a, that's a great question. We have a lot of capabilities that many people don't uh, realize we have. Everyone talks about the F-35s, which are, you know, you know, Vermont's pride and joy. We got them at the Burlington Airport. Great. But we also have three other different types of units and aircraft out there at the other end of the runway. We have uh, what I fly is the uh, UH-60 Blackhawk, and specifically we have an HH-60 Blackhawk mic model, um, which is the newest, latest, and greatest um, medevac platform uh, for transporting patients um, from the point of injury back to a hospital or a higher level of care. Um, we've been uh, able to deploy with them uh, several times. They're on our third deployment right now, um, totally tweaking and uh, improving the processes. Um, but they can carry up to six patients um, at a time and perform anything from you know minor acute uh, broken bones or anything like that in the back to full surgeries. We have you know suction, oxygen generation, you name it, and wow. some of the best flight paramedics and docs um, that fly in the back um, to rescue people. We also, six people. I'm sorry. Six people at a time. That's yeah, amazing. It's 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 an it's an incredible aircraft, um, and we have the privilege of flying it all the time. Um, it is also uh, great for hoisting people out, like during the floods this uh, summer. Um, they were able to hoist uh, a lady and her uh, cat off a roof who couldn't have uh, or couldn't find any other way to get out. Um, and we have that capability, so it's it's really awesome. Could you not have done that with the previous previous aircraft? Or we, is it- we act, so the previous Blackhawks we could have. Um, they were a little uh, hampered by uh, speed and time on the uh, site wherever you're going to go. Um, but the newer ones that we have are fully digital. Um, they have the newest and latest, greatest engines. They're able to fly longer. They're able to fly faster um, and get to where they need to go with more than uh, the other aircraft had. Um, so that's our that's our medevac unit, and they're currently overseas right now. They're um, doing some amazing things, helping people that also cannot be helped uh, by anybody else. And uh, there, are, I think we're up to well over 2,000 people rescued right now on the global war on terror. Um, from the Middle East that uh, the Charlie Company medevac unit has has rescued, which is which is incredible. That's remarkable. So, yeah, you and know, that's that's all forces. That's not just um, American forces, but that's also all of our NATO partner forces and the local forces that are in the area that we're partnering with. We 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 don't um, restrict who we're going to pick up. We're going to save everybody that we can. You just medevac them, and yeah, and and right there, it's all it's all uh, headquartered right here in in town. Right here, yeah, and it's definitely one of the best units um, I've ever been a part of, and it's one of the has a really good name out there in the army as well. When they hear uh, Patriot medevac go out in the uh, street, they know they're going to be taken care of. 
And three of your units, you just mentioned one, uh, but three of the units were activated federally just in the last year, right? Yeah, three of them, all three, actually. So we have only three, and all of them got activated for different types of missions. Um, we also have an airplane unit. Um, it's a C-12 Beechcraft, um, nice civilian airplane, usually made for VIP missions. Um, but they actually... Um, went over to the Middle East as well with our Charlie company medevac at the same time. And uh, we're there to support by moving people and cargo everywhere. So they moved over 2000 people all over the battlefield, getting to where they needed to go as well as um, moving over. I think it was like 1500 pounds of cargo, uh, getting things to different people that uh, needed it as well. So that was, that was really cool. And they have, we have a small group of people that does that. They're really talented. Um, and uh, yeah, they're really just really impressive. So. All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick break, a two minute break, and we're going to we're uh, chatting with. It's the morning drive on FM ninety six three and AM six twenty News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the morning drive, everybody. We are continuing our discussion with Lieutenant Colonel. He's going to be pinned by his sons and this daughter, Friday, yeah. son and daughter this Friday. Uh, moving up from major to lieutenant colonel, and then it'll be on to colonel at some point. At some point, yeah. And then on to general, right? Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what the cards are. Well, you're only how old? 30, 38, yeah. 38. I mean, and he's moving up the ranks fast, it sounds like to me. So, uh, Jamie, and by the way, I just got to tell you, you got a great radio voice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Great radio voice. He is great on the radio. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. Um, and then, where have you been deployed before, Jamie? Oh, so, I've been... Uh, on quite a few missions, actually. I've uh, been twice to the Middle East, uh, and I know that's usually the generic answer that you get uh, from people that get deployed, but it's truly the entire Middle East. Being part of aviation and uh, especially our medevac units, we've been stationed over the entire area of the Middle East. So you name the country, Iraq, Kuwait, Syria, Jordan, you name it, we've been there. Um, and we've been able to fly in, out, back and forth all the time. So um, I've been there twice. Um, I've been lucky enough to support the Virgin Islands uh, several years ago during Hurricane Maria, which was uh, pretty intense, you know, wiped out the entire island. And we were able to go down and provide some support and bring people back to the hospital and uh, the uh, different hospital ships that were stationed down there. And that's got to make you feel good. Really, I mean, that you're out there, everything you're doing, as I mentioned, the cause bigger than yourself. And you're helping all these people. It is. It's it's super rewarding. It's also super intimidating because you know the people that are waiting for you uh, oh. are putting everything in your basket, hoping that you make it there, you save everything, you fix everything that's gone wrong. Um, and so, uh, it's, you know, we're labeled as type A personalities a lot as being pilots, but, uh, really we, Probably have to we, we, yeah. we have some big expectations to fill, um, not our own and, that, and we want to be there. You just identified something that, um, you know, you, you bounce between, you have the, you're in the middle East and there's military operations and, and, but then you've also natural disasters and that's from a, from a standpoint of, uh, like you said, the people that you're serving, the people that you're picking up. When you when you fly into a natural disaster area, I I, I mean I don't know I, I can't I can't imagine doing either. But the pressure is almost more intense because those people have lost everything. It is it is, and there's so many opportunities for you to want to cut corners to get there quicker to do things faster. Yeah. Um, but your training really kicks in. Oh yeah, I got to do X, Y, and Z to make sure that that happens safely so that I actually bring them back home. I don't make a mistake. I don't forget. You know to put fuel in the aircraft, whatever right. it might be. We, we make sure we follow the procedures that we've been trained to do all the time. So correctly. without giving up too much, um, 
I think about that too. So, so say there's a there's a hurricane in in the Virgin Islands, and then you you've got to go. Do you literally fuel up and fly out, or how how does that happen? How does it how does it? Well, there's two there's two different scenarios, right? There's the one where it happens like Hurricane Irene we had, you know, probably two decades ago here in Vermont, yep. um, which was uh, one we definitely enjoyed responding to uh, because we're helping out the community. But then when we have to go someplace else. Um, we do. We can we can fold up our aircraft, throw uh, two to three of them in a C-17 or C-5 aircraft with the Air Force, and fly to anywhere in the world, um, ready Damn. to go. It'll take us a you know another two hours to unfold everything properly, put it all back together, um, and then test fly the aircraft before we can go respond to missions. But that's still pretty darn quick to get you know several Blackhawks yeah. and an entire platoon of you know twenty to fifty people. To a location to respond the to something. The like just literally flies in with a big plane. And, and that's what they did during it. the Virgin Islands mission. We They flew in. They landed right at the airport. We folded the aircraft up, popped them on, and flew straight there with all of our trucks, all of our aircraft, and all of our equipment and made it happen. We're talking to a local guy from Milton, Vermont, and he is Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel in the Vermont uh, Army National Guard. Uh, and if you have a question for Jamie, give us Jamie Lewandowski. Give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline triple eight four one four zero three zero three. Jamie, what's the longest deployment you've been on? Is it six months, nine months, a year? Uh, so National Guard's a little different than active duty. Um, so when we get deployed, we usually in aviation specifically, we have a little bit of a train up. We usually do down at, uh, in Texas. So right now, uh, Fort Cavazos um, used to be called Fort Hood. Um, we'll spend, you know, anywhere from a month to a couple months there making sure that we have all of our procedures, all of our um, gear, everything's all set up the way we need to before we fly overseas. Um, and then we'll spend nine to 12 months over in the location we're going to. Um, and that's all dependent on the mission. And it's uh, ebbed and flowed throughout the entire uh, global war on terror. So even though you know that you're doing important stuff, how tough is it to leave your family behind for that period of time? And how tough is it on the family? Oh, I tell you, that's <laughs> that is a great question, too. My first deployment, I was a brand new lieutenant straight out of flight school, just eager to do my mission. And I didn't think twice about hopping on the plane, going over there and doing every mission possible. I just wanted to be there, do everything I was trained to do. Uh, my second deployment, uh, I ended up being married and uh, with my the girlfriend on my first deployment stick with, stuck with me. And uh, then we had a, a son, Elliot. And after that, it was incredibly difficult. Uh, not just doing on our normal business trips, you know, for training for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. It was going overseas. And every time I hopped in the cockpit, I had a different viewpoint on how I was going to accomplish this mission and what went into mitigating the risk. So that way I made sure not only everybody else made it home and we brought everybody else home, but I made it home. Uh, because I know those two were waiting for me, you know, and that, that, that meant a lot. It was definitely a heavier weight on my shoulders. It's gotta be tough on them. <clears throat> oh, it, it was just certainly tough on them. Um, they, I, I owe a lot to them for sticking it through for the, the entire year I was gone. Um, taking care of not only the house, my wife, taking care of my son, um, the dogs, uh, you name it. And it's, <laughs> we laugh every time because nothing goes wrong at the house until I leave. Yeah, so it doesn't, doesn't matter, be the way doesn't it matter what it is. Yep, the, the boiler's going to go, right. you know, the roof's going to fly off. That's when it happens. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But luckily, I have an incredible community around me to, to help take care of stuff like that, well, which is amazing. You know, and I, I think that that's a big part of the, particularly with the Vermont Guard, you, you, when we talk to people who are deployed or have been deployed, they say, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, obviously I'm concerned. 
but there is a sense of community. There is a, it, it's like all of that is, 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 is they try to cover everything. And I think that that makes it even more, um, appealing, you know, talk a little bit. If people are listening and they have kids or grandkids or, or themselves are thinking about a career, um, how do they, how do they start? How do they get involved? Like you, you said you got pulled in one person pulled you in while you were in college. Yep. How, how say if somebody's listening and they want to, they want to explore a little more about it. How do they, how do they reach out? Oh, well, one, you can reach out on the show right now. I'll be more than happy to take your call and, uh, you know, walk you through the process, walk you through what I did. Um, everybody's path is different, but, um, we have dozens of recruiters out there, um, looking to help people through. And one of the best parts about Vermont, you know, the army has its way of getting people into the system, uh, training you, making you the soldier, be all that you can be. Um, but Vermont does it better. Um, like I said, we're, we are a community. Um, we're not just going to send you off to basic training. We're not just going to send you off to advanced training and all the other different things that you're going to have to do. We go with you. Uh, the families go with you. Um, we are there at all times to, to make things happen. We have an awesome family programs network here at the base um, that is constantly looking out for different resources to help people when their boiler goes, when their roof flies off, whether it's money or people to actually fix it. And that, that right there is actually the best part because almost everybody that's there to fix it is also in the guard. So yeah. they already know you. They know the challenges you're going through, and they're going to go out of their way on the weekend, the night, whatever it is, yep. to make sure that your roof is fixed or your boiler's replaced. Jamie, yeah. we're almost out of time. How hard is it to fly at night with vision goggles, and how, how hard is that to train? Oh, I tell you what. I thought I was going to have to find a new job when I first started it. Really? Uh, it, was, it was intimidating, and it was intense. Uh, you lose your peripheral vision under night oh, vision goggles. Weird. Um, so you have to develop new techniques to overcome some of the limitations that night vision goggles present. But I tell you what, after I'm now, what, 18 years of practice, uh, I've, I've got it down, yeah. and it's an incredible asset. We can go out there and find anybody or anything um, at 120 miles an hour, and yep, make it happen in the middle of the night. But it, it tell you what, it's the cool it's army be. thing to do. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's got to be freaky though to put you know, you're flying and then you put these goggles on and you lose your peripheral vision. Absolutely. I, I mean, it drives me nuts just putting my hands over my face. Yeah, now. constantly, constantly rotating your head around, scanning everything to make sure that you can see everything that's out there. Yeah. So, Jamie, is there any effect on you guys in regard to what we always see in Washington with the? talk of a government shutdown or continuing resolutions and all that stuff. Does that, that guys, does that affect you guys? It affects us uh, every year. It absolutely does. Um, you know, the budget's supposed to be done several months before the end of the fiscal year. Um, but then they throw the continuing resolutions on us, which limits the amount of money we can spend, which is only allows us to do just enough to not break down. Um, and that, you know, they kick, not kick you, uh, sorry, keep kicking that down the road. Um, and it just makes it really frustrating uh, when you're having to juggle budgets and you're juggling when you can do stuff and when you can't do stuff instead of just trying to accomplish the mission and take care of people, which is really all we're trying to do. So, um, you know, we wait most of the half of the year for those continued resolutions to pass and we don't get the budgets we need. So um, we're very limited in what we are able to do. And unfortunately, we're the face of that. Lieutenant Colonel Jamie Lewandowski, thanks for being on the morning drive today. Congratulations on the uh, advancement up from major to Thank lieutenant you so colonel. Uh, and I uh, can't wait to hear about the boys uh, <laughs> pinning pinning you this Friday afternoon, this Friday. And thanks for all that you and everybody in the in the guard does for all of us. No, oh, I appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Jamie. All right, we're going to check in with Fox News. Uh, Rich has the headlines.